And in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Investment Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady and joining me as always is Mr. Jonathan Tilger, one of Canada's top mortgage brokers. How are you today, sir? As always, when I'm talking with you, you, Jeff, absolutely phenomenal. You know, I love seeing you waiting with bated breath to see if I come up with some sort of simile or, or metaphor. Yeah, but that, uh, that, that, that was in, in some ways a bit of a letdown today, but uh, I'm, I'm over it already. <laughs> <laughs> Just like all of my last girlfriends, I'm letting more people down. Uh, <laughs> and of course, joining us today for another episode, which I'm super excited about, joining us all the way from Asheville, North Carolina, author of next level income mr chris larson chris how are you today sir oh man i'm great and uh i'll tell you what <laughs> coming off the first the first uh podcast here i'm i'm I, my, my mouth hurts from laughing so much so I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. oh I that's a shame it. i'm sorry it had to be so serious <laughs> no it's it, yeah absolutely <laughs> so chris we we talked a lot about mindset and, and all of us on this call certainly understand that, but let's talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of your business. You said that you're now at uh, well over 2000 doors, but you started with one property. Can yep. you talk about how you transitioned from one property into to multiples? Yes. And, and by the way, you mentioned the book in the, in the, um, there, I talk all about this and I kind of talk about like why I jumped into multifamily. Um, the book actually, the subtitle is how to make, keep and grow your money using the Holy grail of real estate. And I call multifamily, the Holy grail because of, of, of several different things, but one of them is scalability. So I, I started off with a simple plan. I kind of touched on this um, a little bit ago here, Jeff, where I was going to buy enough properties to get $10,000 of net income coming in a month. And I thought, well, geez, 10,000 a month. That's, that's plenty to be financially independent with my lifestyle. And my, my plan was when I say net income, that was before debt service. So then the second piece was, all right, let me just pay off these mortgages as fast as possible. So I, I, had, I had enough properties, I had 10 grand net income coming in a month. And I was like, all right, step two, got to go find a job where I can make you know, enough money to pay these off in the next 10 years. So I, I kind of um, took, took a little bit of a detour, was in um, insurance sales for a year, started off in pharmaceutical sales, but I spent the bulk of my career in, in med device sales. And it's, it can be a very lucrative career. It's sales, any top level sales role. And by the way, if you're listening and you're like, okay, what should I do like for a career? Become good at sales, no matter what you do, become good at sales. It will add, it will add a, a whole level to your income. And the nice thing about sales is it's uncapped. So I got my head down. I'm working. I end up in this in this full line sales role. By the time I'm 30 years old, um, had my first child, second child. My mother passes away. I'm working 60, 80, 100 hour weeks. I'm on the tarmac taking off, and I get a call from the hospital because somebody that was supposed to help me out didn't show up. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just dealing with these issues at work. I'm dealing with my tenants, and the, the properties aren't making that much money. And I'm thinking there has to be a better way. I end up meeting this guy who introduces me to a group that syndicates multifamily deals. And I start learning about it. And I, I realized that, man, like owning an apartment is basically like owning a house, but you can own 10 units, 20 units, hundred units, two, 300 units. It's, it's really the same thing. Anybody that owns a hundred homes and I have a, a, a coaching client, he owns 48 properties, 48 houses. Okay. He's, 
he's, he's like, I can't wait to get rid of these things. Um, whereas if all 48 units were in one property, he could have one manager come and show up at the same place every day with one maintenance guy and one security guy or person. Right. And, and, and deal with that. I was like, man, this is like, this really makes a lot of sense. So the first step was I started selling off my properties. I started as an investor in these deals because I was actually getting better returns as an investor than I was self-managing my own properties at the time. And that's because my equity had grown in those properties. And this is a secret, not really a secret, but it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, it's like hidden under the bed where you shine the flashlight on it and you're like, oh man, your equity earns 0%. So if you own properties and you've had all this equity grown, if you can't extract that equity, it's earning 0%. And that's the, the second thing, you know, I love about multifamily, aside from the management aspect, you can, you can then sell a property. You can do a 1031 exchange. You can buy two, or you can take a hundred unit property and buy a 300 unit property. That's nicer in a nicer area that costs more, but leverage your money up. And Jonathan, you know, all about leverages we were talking about yep. um, earlier today. You can leverage that up, but you can even sometimes use the same property management company that you're working with. And you have the same strategy. And the thing is you can buy a $10 million property, a hundred million dollar property, a billion dollar portfolio and essentially not change your strategy the whole time. And to me, getting to the point where I was really looking to scale my investments in my business, I really liked the idea of having something I could do for the next 10 years and not have to change the strategy and pivot and multifamily just checked all the boxes for me. Yeah, let's. I, I mean, I saw the uh, the greenhouses and the red hotel on the front of the book there. Monopoly was my favorite game as a kid. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, come on. Yes, that's awesome. So that's it. So that's I, a, I, yeah, that's that's my apartment building. That's not a hotel in, in the, yeah. <laughs> but, especially so not through COVID. I, I, it was, I, it was I, a I, low budget. Low budget. I was. So, yeah, we we converted that hotel to an apartment. It's hard to tell, but yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. It's the way to go. I, I, I got a few things based on what you said, because you, you said yeah. so many just nuggets in there. Yeah. For, 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 first of all, I mean, you talked about, I mean, you talked about sales and whether you're in sales or not, the ability to sell is being able to, I mean, going back to something we talked about on the last podcast, being able to ask that girl out on the date, that's the ability to sell It's being able to talk to your current boss and demonstrate to your boss why you're the person for the way, promotion. I didn't close that I didn't close that deal Jonathan you didn't know oh, hey you 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 were beginning at that stage <laughs> so hey it's but you gotta start somewhere <laughs> yeah wasn't that good back then <laughs> but 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 saying all that I mean I I've talked to so many people who they want to get into real estate investing you break it down going they're at some remedial job going where you currently are we can't do much because you've got nothing to start with so you got to start by saying hey Number one, do I have the income to get some assets and to give, so a lender is going to look at me and say, Hey, yeah, you're a good bet. That's right. And then moving over to multifamily versus single family there. I mean, the, the one thing, especially here in Canada, when it comes to the rules, if you're looking to, to build a, an empire with real estate, with single family, the lenders are only going to go so far, but with multifamily, keep bringing them, keep bringing them. They'll, they'll just line up. They'll give yeah. you better leverage. They'll give you, uh, I mean, longer amortizations, all kinds. In, in addition, right now, there's lower rates on those than there are in single family. That's crazy. Uh, wow. That's crazy. I mean, we get, we get great rates, but they're, they're still, you know, depending on the credit, they're, they're lower than single family. Or they're, I'm sorry, they're slightly higher than single family. But um, no, I think you said a great thing. I mean, listen, I hate the whole expression like, oh, you know, 
salesman can sell, sell, uh, you know, ice to an Eskimo. It's like, well, either their water's not very clean or, you know, (laughs) you're, you're, you're actually not a great salesperson. Cause to me, sales is really about communication and understanding needs and ultimately providing value. And if, if you can provide value, you, no matter what you do, okay. No matter what you do, if you can provide value, you will be worth a lot of money, the more value you provide. So number one, find something you can do to help people. Number two, find something you can do that you can help a lot of people and then find something that you can provide that value in like unlimited numbers. Right. And that's, that's what I love about sales. And if if you're listening, you're like, I'm not a salesperson, you know, it's again, it's about communication. I was selling wrapping paper door to door at age 12. Like I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't born a salesperson. You know, I just had a lot of reps and I, I talked to a lot of people because I, I, I wanted to buy that alarm clock, you know, when I was, you know, that, that clock rate, well, clock radio, I think, is that what they were called? Yeah. It's yeah, really yeah. cool. Like maybe like a Casio <laughs> clock radio. I really yeah. wanted that clock radio and people be like, Oh, are you selling this for school? And I'm like, no, like I want to buy this clock radio. And they're like, okay, I'm like I'll buy some wrapping paper, it's like, you know, but, and if people didn't want to buy it to go to the next house, it was, you know, but it's uh, yeah. Anyway, it's um, and then from a, from an income perspective, I, I've, I've been on shows and I tell people, I said, listen, the goal is to save 50%. And people are like, that's unreasonable. What if you're only making $50,000? I said, well, then that's why the first step in my book is to make more money. You got to make more money. Go find a side hustle. If you're like, well, I'm already working 40 hours a week. You can work a hundred hours a week. I've done it. Now, does, should everybody work a hundred hours a week in their entire lives? No, that's, that's crazy. You're going to get, you're going to burn yourself out, but you can go drive an Uber you can get a part-time sales job. You know, you can, there's so many things that you can do to make some extra money. And then you can get to the point. Maybe you have to change careers. Maybe you have to move, but you got to want it. You know, anybody can come up with an excuse why they can't do it. I can do that for you. If you want, call me, I'll tell you all the reasons why you can't do it. It's not going to get you anywhere, you know, figure out a way, figure out a way to do it and then go make it happen. That's one of my least favorite things in the world. When you hear somebody complaining about something and yet you know, three, four, five years later, they're still complaining about the same thing and haven't done anything. I, I can't even listen anymore. Like, it's just, I, I have to tune it out and just kind of, oh, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you right. know, especially we've seen so much of it lately where people are saying that, oh, the system we live in is broken and you can't get rich and it's just for the rich, you know, the rich to get richer and the poor to get poor. No, it's for you to go out there and hustle. You know, work your ass off, make something of yourself and contribute to the society. And it's, you know, it doesn't happen by government handouts. It doesn't happen by people uh, um, sitting around and complaining about it or, you know, going out and burning stuff down. It happens by you going out there, networking like crazy, learning as much as you possibly can and hustling for years. It's one of Jonathan's favorite sayings, Jonathan, success is boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 yeah success is boring well it comes from from a mentor of both jeff and mine gentleman by the name of michael burnoff who success is boring it's getting up and doing the same thing day in and day out it's getting up and saying hey Habits. i'm gonna i'm i mean if you're in sales it's making those hundred calls today or i mean if you're investing in real estate it's going through and looking through the hundred different the hundred different possibilities to find the one that says yeah that's the one that makes sense yeah yeah, for, we're gonna we're gonna underwrite 450 deals this year to buy like seven. So yeah, 
Yeah. Um, can I, crazy. can I say one, one quick thing there? Yeah. Um, this, yeah, the victim mentality, it's, it's just not, if, if you want to be successful, it's not going to work for you. Um, I just took my boys to the world series down in Atlanta, go Braves. And <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you, here's something you don't hear. You don't hear people saying, oh man, kids these days don't have a shot, man. These, all these guys are throwing 90, 95, 98 miles an hour. Um, and if you're a pitcher, these, these hitters these days with, it's like, you don't hear people saying, well, it's so hard to become an a-. No, you got to raise your game. You yeah. got to raise your game. Okay. If you want to sit around and say, oh, it's, you know, the system's rigged and, and this and that it's like, yeah, yeah. Like things are, things are always tougher. Everybody's going to go out there. There are always people that are going to hustle and they're going to, they're going to beat you. And there's people, oh, by the way, there's people that are going to cheat and lie and steal. And I know some of those people, I don't like those people, but they're going to be there. And yeah. they, you just say, okay, you know, I'm going to swim across the river. There might be crocs in the river. Well, do you want to swim across the river or not? There are, those crocs are always going to be in the river. So you either, you either get in and take the chance and do it, or you stay on the shore and you're stuck with all those other people doing that. So, or build um, a boat. Or build, <laughs> exactly. You find a better way, right? 100%. Or you get in, or you get in with your friend who's a little bit of a slower swimmer and you just <laughs> don't have to outrun the bear. Just have to outrun you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you putting your shoes on Jeff? <laughs> um so you know interesting there you say you're going to 400 uh, underwrite 450 deals what are the key metrics you use you said you haven't changed your strategy what what are the key metrics that have made you successful to this point yeah and and by saying we haven't changed our strategy that's probably not not 100% accurate so um, we, we have pivoted. So we're still in the multifamily. And I was just kind of using that as an example. You can stay in multifamily and grow and scale and not have to, you know, sell everything and, and go um, buy Bitcoin to continue to, you know, make money. Like you can, you can keep using kind of the same core strategy, which for us is, is buy multifamily, add value. Okay. But what we have done is we've looked at the cycles and, and I even said this, like at the end of 2019, I was like, Hey, we got to like, some bad stuff's happening probably in 2020. Like we're, we're being more cautious and we're looking at higher quality properties. So uh, we went from buying seventies and eighties vintage properties. So 1970s and eighties built properties and kind of started moving up nineties, you know, two thousands. Um, so we're buying properties that, that are a little newer now, but what has not changed. And again, I, I walk through all this in the book. We are focused on large growing markets and, Look, there's a really, this is like, this is like the super easy way to figure out like where to buy properties. Um, United Van Lines, I have, I always do a, a blog post on this. They post every year where people are moving. And this isn't like some crazy secret. Like, you know, people are leaving California and New York and, you know, Chicago, and they're moving to places like Phoenix and Texas and Florida and North Carolina. And all you got to do is find out where people are moving. And people move for one big reason, money. So Gosh, they, yeah. they move because, because of money. And yes, and money comes from jobs and job growth. So we want to buy play, where, where people are moving. We want to buy in business-friendly states that have friendly laws for landlords. Um, just because that's our business. Like we want to own our property. You know, we don't want to have somebody tell us what we can do with it. And then we want to we want to own in states where companies are moving because those are going to sustain, you know, that that population growth and do that. 
Um, as you drill down to a, a more of a micro level, you know, we look at one, three, five mile radius, like the property that we're buying in Texas that, um, you know, we would probably be closed on by the time the show airs. I mean, our average income in that property is a multifamily property is over a hundred thousand dollars. You think, you think those people are going to be able to pay their rent if there's a little pullback in the economy? Yeah, probably a better chance than somebody that's making $50,000, you know, they probably have more savings in there. Um, so, you know, we, we look at things like that. Uh, we look at things, um, you know, uh, like, like quality of life and different amenities and, and all those things as well. But those are kind of the big metrics that we, we focus on um, from top down. You know, what? I, I really like that because as, long, as much as you're saying metrics, what you're really saying is people. Yeah, it's all about it's all about population. It's demographics, right? It's and I'm a demographics guy. And that's what I, I talk about in my book. That was the light bulb that went off. I'm like, people are renting, you know, it's yeah, like, where huge. are they moving? Yeah. Uh, one of my uh, uh, mentors, I, I shudder because you always get a split reaction before he ran for president. I was uh, quite, quite well associated with one of the top ranking members of the Trump organization, uh, George Ross. And the one thing he said to me was that wherever people are, uh, wherever jobs are going, that's where the population of growth is going to be. And uh, that's where you should be investing. So I love that it's, you know, as sound now as I mean, it was eight years yeah, ago. <laughs> it's Yeah. And it's not, I mean, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, progressive, whatever. I mean, people want jobs. And yeah. that's where I was talking to one of my neighbors this morning. Um, he just got back from five weeks in Seattle and you know what he was doing? He was shutting down an office in Seattle. And he said, they drove, they basically drove them out of the city because you know, they're, they're not business friendly, their policies. And you know, I was, he's like, I wouldn't buy property in Seattle. And I, we were talking about New York and how they drove Amazon out. Where, where, where's Amazon? They're right across the river in New Jersey, yep. New Jersey. They're, they're cheering, right? Yeah. New York. It's like, I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's crazy. Like these companies are going to put jobs somewhere. You, I don't know, to me, I think you would want to encourage them to be there unless you don't want jobs for your, your constituents. Um, so, but that's, that's, a, that's another lengthy discussion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say that's a, that's a whole other discussion. Um, but no, you're, you're absolutely right. Any, anybody who thinks that the way forward is through social programs is not thinking long-term. You know, Jonathan and I have run through on this show what, uh, what our government uh, uh, factions were proposing in our last election. And unfortunately, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. But, you know, looking at their policies on, on just housing and, and long-term economic development in that sector, they weren't thinking long-term. They're thinking about right now and getting elected, and that's it. And the only way right. to be thinking long-term is how do you create jobs? How do you create stability for people? And how do you create housing? Yeah. And it's people like you, sir, that are driving the economy. It has nothing to do with politicians. It has, it has to do with uh, investors, boots on the ground, out there making things happen, saving jobs, creating jobs. I know Jonathan and I are involved in a large project that's probably going to create about 1,000 jobs and, uh, and save Amazing. another 5,000. And uh, yeah, well, I'm pretty, pretty happy about it. It's been a good day, JT. But I think, sorry, go ahead. No, it's, it's, it's great. And again, like, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't think there should not be any social programs. Like I think, I think, you know, proper planning and um, you know, having, having certain things in place is, is good. It's good for society, but you have to remember, like you just said, Jeff, where, where the jobs come from. And it's not, it's not government, like government, 
they employ people, but they don't actually create jobs. They're, they're, ta- they're not, they're extracting value, right? Large companies, when large companies like these big corporations go and acquire companies, they eliminate jobs a lot of times. Yeah. Okay. Small businesses create jobs. So if we just talk about the facts, what we know is we want to encourage small businesses to create jobs. We want to encourage entrepreneurship. If you look at how Amazon was created or Microsoft or Facebook, you know, all of these things, it started with, with an idea, with an entrepreneur that took a risk. And yeah. I'm, I'm very biased towards that. I think that we need to encourage those sorts of things for sure. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Look, I want to be cognizant of your time here. We're, we're kind of running over. So we do, we do have to wrap this up, unfortunately, but we'd love to have you back on. I, this is why I love when discussions just go off in these directions that I never expected. I mean, obviously real estate investing is important and understanding the process and the metrics, but more important, understanding the people behind it and what makes all of this move. It's not about greed, although I do believe to a degree greed is good. But after a certain point, it's no longer about money. It, it's about it's not, contribution. It's not about money. I'm glad you said that because I think, you know, if we want to put kind of, um, you know, a, a period on the end of, end of our discussion here today, I think, you know, no matter what you do, if you're listening, real estate is, it's, it's a vehicle to get you there. But you have to have a big why. And, you know, if you don't have a big why, if you don't have a big purpose in life, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how many doors you have under management, what your net worth is. It doesn't matter what your politics are. You're, you're not going to be happy unless you know what your purpose is in life. And I think whatever you believe, if you get up and you have a big purpose driving you and pulling you along, you are going to be way more fulfilled. Absolutely. I I got goosebumps when you said that. I couldn't have said it better. So thank you so much. Chris Larson, author of Next Level Income, and uh, I would say spiritual contributor to the well-being of the world. Um, Thank you (laughs) you. so much for the conversation. I I really enjoyed it. And I really hope we get to have many more in the future, both uh, online or on on air and off air, because I definitely, I, I, I liked this, sir. This is a great day. So thank you so much for your time, Chris. Where can people find My you? Pleasure. Yeah, nextlevelincome.com, nextlevelincome.com. You can check out uh, our book, get a free copy. We'll even send it to you if you're here in the, uh, let's say North America. Is that better? North yeah. America? I think I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Because my wife's, my wife's Canadian. So if you're Canadian or you are in the US, we'll send you a free copy. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to learn more about our investments, we also have an invest link and you can inquire there and learn about uh, our self-storage fund or multifamily deals that we have coming out as well. Oh, gosh. Thanks so much, Chris. I really enjoyed this conversation. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time, sir. As always, it's a pleasure talking to you too, my friend. And thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you uh, you got as much value out of this as I did. This made my day even that much better. Uh, if you want to find us, you can certainly download our book at investmentpropertyincome.com. Uh, and you can find us on all the major pl- uh, podcast. What is it? Podcasting. That's what we're doing. Podcasting platforms, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, and pretty much every other one out there. Again, Chris. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Always a pleasure. And thank you for listening. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you soon.